One, two, three, we are live. Welcome back. This is another Sunday debrief at the beach with Tim and Julie Harris. Just a warning for all of you, this is not our normal podcasting format. We are literally sitting at the beach, looking at the ocean, (laughs) here in Puerto Rico. As a lot of you know, we live here. And this is a tradition that Julie and I have been doing for almost 30 years that we've been married. We always debrief once a week. And uh, yeah, so what we're going to do is have you guys start joining us for those debriefs. We did our first live one last week. We're not going to edit this. We're not going to worry about background noise. If some kids come screaming by, you're just going to have to hear them scream by. Flocks of parrots. (laughs) Flocks of parrots. Could be anything. Just never know. You never know. And just, I mean, as we sit here, it's it's so funny. Julie and I are uh, just leaning against a wall here, looking out into the ocean, and no matter what stressful things or, you know, anything was bouncing around in our brain, just being here is so relaxing. It's amazing. So what we're going to do this week, last week we just sort of talked about a variety of things that sort of centered around why we moved to Puerto Rico because we've been getting a lot of calls about that. Um, but what we're going to do, we're going to talk about something else that has become somewhat controversial amongst many of our podcast listeners, and that is our overt support of exp realty and i know some of you are completely and totally have this thing in your head about hearing information that might be counter to your sets of uh your belief structure in other words you think what you think and that's it you're never going to think differently and and, um and i have to tell you i felt the same way (laughs) so we're going to start off by telling you guys a story and how our alignment with exp actually came to pass and i'm going to julie if i say this wrong sure okay i'm with you edit me okay okay all right so they had been pursuing exp had been pursuing us for about six years and exp if you guys may or may not know this but something like six years ago they had less than a thousand agents and now exp is adding just literally thousands of agents every single month they're um, on track to be the world's largest real estate broker they're an international company now um, I'm using a there opposed to we but exp is an uh, international company now Canada Australia England um, obviously, it licensed in all 50 states. Uh, parts of the Caribbean are on the slate. I've heard somebody mention parts of Africa. I mean, all kinds of things, expansion plans everywhere. Because what EXP has done essentially is created pretty much the best of the best real estate brokerage experience an agent could ever possibly imagine. And it's for a lot of reasons you wouldn't have expected that would ever be offered through a real estate broker. So we're going to talk about those things today. But first of all, for those of you who are skeptics, because Julie and I are definitely on the skeptical side of things, life has taught us to be, we're going to tell you our story about how we really struggled, painfully struggled, to open our minds to aligning with EXP or really any brokerage. It all starts out with the idea that we've become one of the most um, successful, popular coaching programs in the nation because of the fact that we've been, well, at least we perceived it was because we are broker agnostic. In other words, the broker's you know, we we didn't want to make any. We didn't want to ask agents or suggest agents they choose one broker over another or have any sort of preferences or anything like that. But the reality of it was, is what we were doing is we were just being lazy, and we weren't really staying true to our mission, which was saying and doing the things that were best for all of our EXP. I'm sorry, all of our podcast listeners and coaching clients and the people that have followed us for decades. So when an agent would ask us or even a you know broker would ask ask us which company they should be aligned with we always give the lame answer of whichever one's the closest and the and the truth is is for years that's really that was this the only differentiator there was no real compelling reason why one broker was that much better than another broker it just they all were sort of the same offering the same thing offering similar commission splits sort of just doing the same exact you know suite of services some would say they're out offering leads others would have different CRMs but for the most part What's happened in the time that Julie and I have been in real estate, and those of you who are also grizzled veterans will concur, that the brand just does not matter. Nobody nobody cares. Consumers do not choose a real estate agent um, because of the brand. They don't. And what I mean by that, new agents, you're going to struggle with this the most, is after you've been in the business for maybe six months or a year and you've done some deals, you're going to see that what people do is they search you out and they will never ask what company you're with. And if you think the company brand is what's going to get you the business, you're wrong. Ultimately, it's going to be what you as an individual real estate practitioner can do for that buyer or seller that's going to get you the business. Let's, for the sake of conversation, just assume what I said is true because, by the way, it is. So Julie and I were um, pursued by EXP for years, and we always said no for the reasons I just stated. And 
Then it was April of 2018. I'll never forget this. <laughs> it's April of 2018. I had within one day like six panic calls from real estate brokers and office managers and all asking me about EXP. And I only knew the cursory. I only had a cursory understanding of it. I didn't. I wasn't literate on what they were offering, or more importantly, I wasn't literate on why they were growing so fast and they're sucking the life out of so many real estate brokerages around the country. So what I did is um, I said, let me find out. <laughs> and then I did some homework. And what I did is I went and called some of the most influential people. And by influential, I don't mean necessarily famous. I don't mean um, like influential in terms of the people that I personally trust. And when they say something, I just, I don't have to look for a hidden agenda when they're answering my question. These are people that are essentially past CEOs of uh, large real estate brokerages or people that are, I'm without getting into details. I don't, you know, I don't. Well, they're feel, mostly people that we've known for years and have a track record of thinking straight and being true right. and trustworthy, you know? Right. And, but some of them wouldn't want, uh, their companies to know that they were giving Julie and I advice because it would seem to be in conflict with what their role at that particular company I was. We'll yep. just say that. Okay. <laughs> so we, we pulled a bunch of different people that we trusted and had conversations. And I'll never forget this last conversation I had with a former CEO of Keller Williams. On the call, I was asking him about EXP and just all the normal things, just trying to get his take on it because I trusted him. And he actually sort of laughed at me. And this is not the jovial sort of person that would normally laugh at, you know, a serious question. And then he basically called us fools for not ever having been, not already having been involved with EXP. I remember that day. <laughs> Which I thought was awesome. <laughs> so, because it cut right through our resistance to it. And then what happened is he helped us to meet with pretty much the biggest decision makers in the company and we sat in a closed door room and we sort of hashed out what Julie and I wanted uh, what we were worried about just everything that you know working through all of our fears basically most of which were not really justified about aligning with EXP and it didn't take long for us then to realize that okay well this makes sense from a business perspective and let's talk about from an agent's perspective because it wasn't going to it didn't mean enough to us that just from a personal financial gain perspective that we are going to do it because we get offers all the time that would line our pockets to do all kinds of endorsement deals and things like that especially from those people selling investment stuff people who are in the investment realm they email us probably three to six times a day trying to get on our podcast trying to get access to all of you guys and we're just not going to do it so if you're an investment guru and you just wrote a book or you want to talk about how you went from zero to billions inside 36 months and you want to share your secret system don't email me you're never going to go on the podcast you're just not um but that aside I did trust the information I heard, but I just wanted to make sure that it was the best thing for agents. Because if we betrayed you guys, then, you know, we were shit. What's the point of essentially, you know, anything if we if you guys can't trust us? So we, we then went anonymously to two different EXP events that were happening um, in and around Texas. And both times, the first time I thought the experience, I didn't understand why it felt so different than a normal real estate experience. And what Julie and I did, it wasn't a huge room, maybe 500 agents. Was it 500 yeah, probably? Right about that. Well, so Julie sat on one side of the room and I sat on the other. And uh, again, no name tags, nothing like that. We didn't really do anything to draw attention to ourselves. We, we weren't speakers. We weren't on a panel. We were just flat out observing. Right. And um, but then she and I were comparing notes from talking to the different people around us. Nobody was giving us a answer that was supposed to be, you know, trying to manipulate us one way or the other. We were just there as attendees. And what we experienced from just talking to normal Joes and Josephines was what really changed everything in terms of what we had have now come to expect from a real estate brokerage. And I'll tell you specifically what I observed. Happiness and a sense of financial security that we have never sensed ever inside any sort of real estate brokerage. Inside most real estate brokerages and meetings like I'm describing, it's competitiveness, it's ego, it's, you know, who's got the most this is and the most that's and just all this crap. And it doesn't have anything to do with agents becoming rich and rich just to give you a sanitized translation of what that means. It's simply where your money works for you and you no longer have to work for your money. So our aim was basically to make it so that um, when we, if we chose to actually align with EXP, we wanted to know what it was like from an agent's perspective to really have a clear sense of the value that that would bring to, um, you know, to agents. And so, again, we interviewed these different agents. And Julie, talk about some of the experiences you had. Well, I observed, again, we weren't sitting next to each other sharing notes at the time, but we came away with a lot of the same 
uh, observations of agents being really supportive of each other, really enthusiastic for each other, celebrating their successes instead of, you know, who's out to get who and who's cheating the system and, you know, all of that kind of little sort of eighth grade stuff that sometimes goes on. These guys were like genuinely enthusiastic. And I remember one of the most impactful things for me at that event was watching some of the interviews with agents who had achieved a very consistent income from what EXP has to offer, okay, but it wasn't like a gajillion dollars a month. It was the impact that three or five thousand dollars consistently, consistently. She's, she's talking about revenue shares. Revenue share, talking about. right? That, but yep. the, the point, you know, what's the struggle for most agents? It's feast and famine. You have a big month of closings, then you starve to death next month, then you get your tax bill and you do it all over again. These guys were ecstatic to have what would equal maybe one or two closings consistently coming in, not just for this year, but for the rest of their lives. And I, I just thought, you know what? That brings me back to when we were getting started in real estate and having some of those months where you were freaking out and what peace it brought these guys to talk about it. I that's, thought it was awesome. That's really what was the, the, that's what got me over the hump too, is because when you're talking to normal agents and they're making, and this is from Revenue Share, and we're going to talk about all this in a second, guys, and we're not going to get into the weeds and percentages. If, look, if you want that information, there's a great video you can get. Just text the word EXP to 31996. Text the word EXP to 31996. And then there's a, a video that will explain all the particular analytical drill downs on the things we're talking about. I only want, I want to talk about this from our perspective, but also from the perspective of the people we've gotten to know in the past year since we've been aligned with EXP. What Julie's describing is, in essence, agents who no longer had the financial monkey on their back because of the fact that they created residual income through the revenue share program that EXP uniquely offers. Um, and this is something, again, I didn't completely understand all this when Julie and I started working with EXP. It took me a few months to figure it out. But I'll tell you one thing that um, I wish I had understand, uh, understood before we really launched was the difference, the real powerful difference between revenue share and profit share. And I'm going to give you guys the bottom line on that one. So when with EXP, when you receive, let's say you um, helped, uh, you attract an agent to EXP, and then that agent ends up attracting a few people, you're going to get revenue share on all the transactions those agents do. And they're then going to bring in folks, and then your group's going to grow. But and again, we can get drilled down on that in a second. But what happens is, is the revenue share is the, you get shared a percent of the revenue that they bring into the company off the top. Whereas profit share is you're sharing whatever's left in that particular office, assuming there's anything left in that particular office, which obviously there usually isn't in most, for example, you know, I won't mention any brands, but most people inside the couple companies that profit share, they aren't making any profit share because there's no profit to share because the profit that would have otherwise been shared back to the agents is getting spent on new carpet and copiers, in essence. And the agents have no control over that. That's just how it's going to be. Right. And EXP, one of the things that um, Glenn kind of thought up was genius, was hey, why don't we share off the top opposed to sharing off the bottom so agents can actually see the direct benefit of attracting other agents to EXP. So what we were we understood how that would benefit Julie and I. For us, it's a no-brainer, right? But we weren't going to do it unless we saw it actually involve ourselves with EXP was what the do it meant, unless we actually saw the benefit to agents um, from a real root-based level, and we did. And that's what changed. For me, That was that was a revelation. Now, here's how stubborn I am. We, this first event I just told you about was in where was it? New where is it in Texas? Someplace in Texas, south of Austin. I don't remember. I remember it was pretty. But I don't remember yeah, exactly. It was pretty. Where. Anyway, we were dri- we were driving back up on thirty five, and um, Julia was like, she didn't want to say I'm convinced, <laughs> you know, but I, she I started saying I still was, had my reservations because my mind was telling myself, well. If we go and align ourselves with this particular brokerage, we're somehow going to alienate our potential for you know to help people join our coaching program or our podcast listeners or people purchasing our book. So that's where my mind went. And then Julie hit me with a question. This wasn't exactly it, but basically it was the question. She said, do you really truly believe our highest and truest purpose in our business is being of service to agents? And yeah, that is definitely what I believe. And she goes, well, then aren't you a hypocrite if you believe EXP is the best thing for agents and you think our highest and truest purpose is being of service to agents, and you don't tell them about EXP? Well, that's that was what was going through my head is, you know, we talk about spokes in the wheel, having multiple sources of income, watching your profit. 
you know, that your product is profit. And, and, you know, we talk about this every day on the podcast, every day in coaching. And now we find out about this EXP model, which has all of those things going for it. And knowing about it, we don't tell them. How far out of integrity is that? Exactly. And so it by just made me feel icky. <laughs> <laughs> so by the time we got back home, um, Julie had helped. Julie had sent a few texts uh, to different people, and we decided that we were going to... Um, we are going to commit. And we did. And we have. And it's really worked out to be something exceptional. And being on alignment for the past, now it's going to be over a year. And I don't know when you're going to listen to this particular podcast sometime in the future, I imagine. But we, we established, our revenue share group is called Libertas, um, established 2019. That's the name of it. You don't need to know what a revenue share group is. But in essence, what it is, is a group of people who we are attracting to be partners in the quest for Libertas. And Libertas is Latin for the word freedom. That seems to be in alignment with everyone's ultimate goal, isn't it? <laughs> freedom, financial so. freedom. So um, that's what Libertas is. So we're going to go through, and we, Julie and I were just writing down prior to me hitting record all the uh, normal questions that we get about EXP. Again, this isn't going to be a drill down analytical sort of you know spreadsheet analysis of it. What, we, what you're going to want to do is definitely text the word EXP to 31996. Text the word EXP to 31996. So I'll tell you how we got started. Here is the basic premise. We wanted to form a revenue share group or a team within EXP that was going to be like-minded in its goals for the betterment of um, agents in particular, which is in perfect alignment with EXP's, um, essentially their mission as well, which again is in alignment with ours as a coaching uh, company and just Julie and I as people. So we wanted to perpetuate that into our revenue share group. There's probably five or six dominant or prominent revenue share groups. And all a revenue share group is basically, you know, like I'll give you an example. Gene Frederick, he started with EXP five years ago when they had 800 agents. And now, I don't know, 30,000, 35, 40,000. I don't even know how many agents are EXP now. But Gene's revenue share group now is well over 10,000 agents. Okay, so that just is a for example. And we're going to get into the weeds, again, specifically uh, what this means. And then there's other great people out of revenue share groups, too. Um, Brent Gove has a great revenue share group. Jay Kinder has a great revenue share group. And they all basically are building within EXP these, essentially these revenue share group teams uh, with the idea that they're going to then um, help the agents that join under them basically be successful sponsoring agents but also selling real estate, right? So um, our revenue share group in particular was designed to attract other folks that were already successful in real estate as well as new agents. So what we've created is, is, are several advantages to joining with us. And if you want to learn more about that, you can actually text me directly at 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. But as a result of our original mission with our revenue share group called Libertas, we have attracted some amazing talent and um, just some really top trainers, top coaches, former CEOs, just some real brand name people are joining Libertas because they like the nature of what we're doing and how we're doing it. Um, and if you think you might be a good fit for us, please do consider giving me a direct text at 512-758-0206. We're going to get into more detail about these things in a second. All right, so we just wrote these questions down sort of in a random order. The first question, Julie, is actually covered in the video. So in, when you guys, the first question we wrote down is how do commission splits work? But the easy way for you to find that out is basically just text the word EXP to 31996. Text the word EXP to 31996. Um but the gist of it is, is there's a $16,000 cap. You're on 80-20 split until you hit $16,000. Then after that, there's another program, which is unbelievably cool, which I wish they had when Julie and I were selling real estate, yeah. called ICON. And the ICON program awards um, and acknowledges agents that outperform the average agent. So once you hit ICON, when you sell an additional 20 houses or have a total GCI of 500 grand, you actually have the opportunity to get your cap back in the form of EXPI stock, which is pretty exceptional. So again, a lot of things that EXP is doing, uh, when Glenn Sanford put the concepts together, he clearly was having the best interest of the agent at really at his core focus. Because now just I mentioned, Julie and I mentioned a couple things, three things actually. So you have advantageous commission splits with a relatively modest cap. You have the ability to earn money passively through revenue share. And now, for those of you who outperform the averages, you also have the opportunity to get your cap back in the form of EXPI stock. And oh yeah, that means that you are an owner of EXP. When you are awarded um, EXPI stock, and you are for a variety of reasons, again, watch that video, text the word EXP to 31996, you're going to see all the different ways that you are 
given, you know, EXPI stock. Uh, since Julie, you know, and I started with EXP, we are have we have between the shares that we've purchased and the shares that we are awarded, we have five or six thousand shares of EXPI. So it's something that we really believe in because we can see this direction of this company is going to be dominating all the other real estate um, models, not just because of any particular, like, it's because it's what's best for agents. And agents all wake up eventually and say, why am I paying this much money in commission splits? What support am I getting? But really what the real, and, and uh, you know, we should talk about this too. Mm-hmm. That, so what Julie and I, we're going to do a slight pivot. It's going to seem depressing at first, and then we're going to get into the weeds. So just guys stay with us, okay? So Julie and I have been coaching agents forever. Um, we got into real estate when we were early 20s. We sold over 100 houses. Yes, that's real. Our first year in business, and no, it wasn't a subdivision. This is one house at a time. We had a whole bunch of awards and accolades, and we were with Remax at the time. Now, one of our original missions that Julie and I had was to basically have a bunch enough paid-off rental properties that one day we would just be able to live off our cash flow. You know, Rich, where your money works for you and you no longer work for your money. Well, we accomplished said goal by the time I was 41 and Julie was 40. And we basically had the notion that we were going to basically retire. So we tried it for maybe 18 months, found out it was massively boring. (laughs) And uh, so we basically drilled down and took our coaching company to the next level. But here's, why am I telling you that? Because you need to know that Julie and I have sold real estate before. We sold for about 10 years, between 100 and 200 houses a year, every single year. But what you got to understand is we've walked in your shoes. So we understand um, what it's like to be an agent. Now, listen to what we did. Julie and I have accumulated dozens of rental properties. Almost all of them are paid off. Almost all of them we paid cash for. We didn't even take mortgages out. And no, these aren't crap boxes on the edge of town. These are really nice houses and really nice um, A and B markets. And uh, we have a whole bunch of dozens and dozens of single family houses. Uh, Central Ohio, North Carolina. People always ask where we have our properties, you know. Um, Las Vegas, Las Texas. Las Vegas, Texas, yep. And we're going to be buying some in Indiana probably. Uh, but here's the story. In order for us to accomplish the goal by the time of that, that age, uh, we had to, the average price we paid for each rental property was, what do you think, probably 130 140 Probably, yeah. yeah. So we had to save up that it's amount of now, money. But yeah, yes, more now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had to save up that amount of money. Um Every single time to pay cash for a rental. Now, why did we not want to just get a mortgage on a rental? Uh, because we had seen people who basically over leveraged themselves. And if they're if you're a commission based salesperson, as all of you are, then if you have a bunch of rental properties, if you have a bunch of vacancies, or if you have a bunch of rental properties in a, a particular town where the employment rate increases, or just all kinds of extraneous things that could happen that adversely affect um, your tenant's ability to pay rents, then you have to cover that rent. You're going to have to cover that negative cash flow. In, the, in our minds, there was no point in us getting no, to the point. Thank you. There was no point in us getting to the point we were 40. If we just had, you know, 30 or 40 individual small mortgages that we were always basically having to deal with taking from the positive cash flow to cover the negative cash flow. So now the only expense we have against all but three of our rental properties is basically, actually it's four. We have four mortgages, four. don't we? Yeah. yeah. All but four of our rental properties is the property tax and the... Some HOA stuff. It's a little bit of property management on some of them, but... It's, it's basically, you know, except for taxes, basically free and clear. Yeah. And so we have, on average, we're making about $1,000 per rental property. So I'll give you guys the actual numbers. So after almost 30 years of buying rental properties for cash, we basically are making usually around twenty-five dollars to $30,000 a month in positive cash flow from our rental properties. That's assuming everything's rented out, no roofs are leaking, and no pipes are busting, and <laughs> which well, always and happen. you kind of make it sound like we just wrote a check and that was it. Forget, no. I mean, here's the thing. Here's what I remember, and I know you do too, but yeah. I don't want them to think it's oversimplified that, you know, we, we sold 100 houses, here's the money. No. You know, it was all of the work that it took to sell all of the houses, to make all that money, to stay up on your normal uh, income tax, to cover the repairs, to go back and forth 50 million times, get it all rented out. It was a lot. It, it remains, I mean, there's still work involved today on managing all of those. But it, it's, you know, it took years and many, many, many homes sold to get to that point. That's right. And so, again, it took us 30 years. We would always have a goal of buying so many rental properties per year for cash. So we would save up the money from real estate transactions. We had nobody pass us a big bunch of change. I'm still waiting for that to happen. Ed McMahon never knocked on our door. We never ran the McDonald's Monopoly game. And in the beginning, Tim, people, especially in the Premier Coaching Program, will often ask, 
you know, when you're a newer agent, how do you get started with that? We did some pretty creative things with like the guaranteed home sale and yep. stuff like that. So, you know, we got craftier over the years, but still a lot of work involved. Yeah, we did. So what really was involved is a crap ton of sacrifice. That's what was really involved. We had to, for 30 years, for us to accomplish that goal of being financially free, we had to live under our, way under our financial means. And we could have been living so much higher on the hog, taking so many more vacations. We could have done so much more with our just fun money. <laughs> yeah, we well, had. we shared a car for a while. Yep. We had student loans we had to pay off. Yep, you know, which we did. We vacationed in Florida instead of Paris for quite a few years. You know, if we had vacations at all. I, yeah, exactly. Yep. And really, it was mostly forced vacations when there were blizzards and we could still get out of the airport. That's right. <laughs> well, but so why are we telling you this? To do it our way was really freaking hard. And if you're a normal Jos- uh, Joe or Josephine like Julie and I were, when we got married, we were dirt poor. And I don't want to really, you know, ingrandize. What's the word? Ingrandize? 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 Oh, you can't say that. Elaborate. Okay. (laughs) Well, I'm not trying to basically beat our own drum. They get the point. Yeah, but the moral of the story is is that we're grinders and bootstrappers just like many of you are. Well, but really the point is also that there was not a model like EXP in existence. I mean, KW wasn't even in existence for much of our careers. There, there was not this model. Right. And you know, we were Remax agents for a long time because you know we were trying to get our net going, but it just didn't exist. And gosh, I, I think about how our lives would have been different had we had that opportunity back then. Even halfway into our career, much less in the beginning, would have been a completely different trajectory. I, I'd have to do the math to figure out, you know how many houses it takes at what rental for how many years to equal what you can accomplish at EXP in like six months or less in some cases, depending on what your goals are, right? Well, so put it, think of it like this, Julie, to answer that question. Because some people are thinking that same thing. For us to buy one rental property, we had to have a gross commission before taxes and expenses of probably about $170,000 to $180,000. And then what we would do is we'd typically keep ourselves in contract or under the gun to save the money to pay for a rental property, we'd oftentimes try to buy our own listings and do things like that. Yeah, create money out of commission. Create money out of commission and, you know, maybe we'd, you know, that kind of thing. So we were very crafty when we were getting started to really build up our portfolio as fast as we could. And many of you should do the same thing, by the way. But here's, here's the bitter truth to the reason I'm telling you this is because when I look back and I'm, 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 I'm 40 (laughs) for the, I'm it next week. I'm, is it really? That's right. Holy crap. So I'm 50 next week, one. evidently. <laughs> is it really next week? Yeah. What is today? Oh, my gosh. You're right. Yeah. That sucks. I guess it's better than the alternative. And don't send him chocolate. We're low carb. Yeah. But I guess it's better than the alternative, right? It is absolutely ce- better than the alternative. <laughs> yeah. The alternative being, you know, Not you have no more birthdays to celebrate, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, thanks for putting that yeah. taint on the show here, Julie. <laughs> I'd <it> forgotten. <laughs> anyway, so had Julie and I not had the goal of being financially independent um, by buying rental properties for cash, for the reasons I stated, uh, we would have had a hell of a lot more fun in the last 30 years. I'm not saying it's been bad or anyway no. something I regret because it's really made us the people that we are today. It's made, so frankly, you guys know we're not full of shit. You listen to us every single day and you buy our podcasts and you, you know, you are involved in our coaching programs because you guys know we're the real deal. We're not fakers. We're not kids that were born on third base and act like we hit a, hit a homer like you, right? So, but here's the better part of this. When I think about this, I was in front of a group. This was uh, two Aprils ago. And I was telling this, a version of this story, a shorter version. Sorry for those of you who are already bored, but suck it up. It's got a good punchline. Um, and I actually started to shed a tear, and I couldn't stop myself because I started thinking about just exactly what I'm saying. Because had Julie and I had to do it all over again... Here, I'll ask this question, listeners. Okay, Julie, so if we had to do it all over again, would we, buy, would we buy any rental properties? No. Hell no. No. <laughs> <laughs> we would stick with revenue share. You kidding me? Would we have, even, even in our formative years where we're still figuring a lot of stuff out, I'm pretty sure we would have pounced on that one. Yeah. 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 Oh, my goodness. But that's the truth. And, and like, you know, yeah, there's other reasons. Rental properties are great because you buy them for cash flow. You buy them. We're not saying don't do that. You certainly can still do that and diversify yourself. That's a good idea. But, Tim, it's also harder for them to do that than when we were doing it. It's very expensive and they're much harder to find because the whole low inventory business. Well, and there's institutional investors that buy them. And, yeah. Yeah. Or there's much more competition than there used to be. So, we're not saying don't do it. We're just saying look at what your opportunities are and be realistic about how you want to spend your time and you know 
I, I just think of these guys in the EXP that have that sorted out. It's not just for like, okay, that worked out for this year, or this month, like real estate commissions are. It's forever. Well, so they don't know what you're talking about, right? The revenue share. So part. revenue share comes in basically automatically. You don't have to work for it. It's passive income. It's like the hypothetical big portfolio of rental properties like we have. But what has happened in the past 12 months with our involvement in EXP, our EXP income is basically uh, eclipsing or thereabouts the total net income we make from our rental properties every month. And our rental properties all together are worth a whole shit ton of money <laughs> that we can't sell. The money's in money jail because if we sell it, then we have to pay capital gains on it. So they're just going to stay there as an income spoke for all of us. And again, please be clear, for the sake of diversification, it makes good sense to have rental properties. It makes sense to have money in the stock market. We talk about all this in our uh, our book. But going manic like we did and buying rental properties, I don't. I definitely wouldn't do it again if we had the option of having revenue share. Because revenue share is the... I, I've never seen anything like it, honestly. It's basically like be, being born a rich kid. It, it really is as <laughs> passive as you can... One, once you've done your attraction and once you understand the model, it is... I mean, way more passive. It doesn't. It doesn't require an AHS warranty. Let's just put it that way. No, and no one's calling to say their pipes are frozen exactly. in the middle of the winter. So, so what we're going to talk about? We're going to get into the weeds. So, hopefully, we're covering things in a conversational manner. We're not. It's not a formal presentation. There's no PowerPoint that's being used for this, obviously. Um, and if you guys want that more drilled down information, definitely text the word EXP to three one nine nine six. Text the word to EXP to three one nine nine six. Oh, and that was a can of Diet Coke that you heard open up yes. a second ago. Uh, it was not a beer. And Julie and I do not. crawling on me, too. We don't drink beer. No, no beer. That, that's right. In that noise in the background, that really is the ocean. <laughs> Here, I'm going to turn my mic around so you guys can hear it. Yep. You, it literally is <laughs> Sunday, right debr- Sunday debrief at the beach. All right. So let's talk a little bit more about um, these are some questions that when people are joining EXP, I'm going to kind of go through some of these that are maybe a little bit more unique. Um, you know what? All these are pretty basic, though. Like a lot of agents, when I'm talking to them about joining EXP and they're trying to understand what they give up, basically, that's their, the questions are all based on not what do I get, but what do I lose? Most people operate out of fear of loss, and I totally understand that. So they want to know if I move from um, my current bricks and mortar location over to EXP, what am I losing? And here's typically what they'll be concerned about, depending on their level of sophistication, honestly. They'll be concerned about losing. No one really cares about a brand because everyone pretty much that sells any real estate knows that the brand doesn't matter because nobody asks. But this, the, they ask sometimes about physical location. So let's talk about that first. Um, and this is so funny because I have this question from brokers most often. We have a ton of brokers that are joining our Libertas group, small, medium, large brokerages. If you're interested in moving over to EXP, definitely give me a call directly or a text directly, 512-758-0206. So the question is, is what support or you know agent question, what support will I get from my broker if I don't have a physical location? And the answer is more. Because usually the broker's not in the office any, anyway, and most agents never go to the office. And remember, Julie and I sold real estate. And it's kind of a joke that, you know, you drive past real estate offices and there's no cars in the parking lot. And if you're, and this isn't a joke, this is the truth. If you're spending a lot of time in your real estate office, chances are you're an unproductive agent. You're not selling any houses. You're not working with anybody. Not on appointments. You're in the office. Because you're not going to be, you know, doing deals with agents in your office, are you? I mean, not in the traditional sense. So agents who are fearful of losing an office, when you ask them, this is the question I always ask, when is the last time you went into the office in the first place? Mm-hmm. Then they start to laugh and realize that's kind of a silly question. But if you do need physical uh, physical space, you can actually, um, through Regis office uh, centers, you as an EXP agent, you'll have the Regis app on your phone. And if you want to use an office to meet somebody or even do work, you just basically click the app and tell them when you want what you need and when you need it. And you walk into Regis and it's included in your monthly re- uh uh, EXP fee. So there's no added charges for that. Now, some people have taken it to the next level and they actually rent permanent space inside Regis. I know some people who have large teams who were worried about losing their team camaraderie or whatnot, or they're, you know, those types of people who have really invested themselves in that. And sometimes they've gone and rented formal space. But really what you'll discover with EXP, and this is what brokers discover. So if you're a broker and you're, you've got this physical location, you think agents join your brokerage or work with you because your physical location and you're attached to it emotionally, what you'll discover is that as soon as agents join EXP, they're not ever going to go to the office, or very rarely, because EXP's online experience is unbelievably cool. 
between EXP World and Workplace by Facebook and just the direct communication you have with anybody. Like, for example, another common question is, is how am I going to, if I have a question or if I have a problem, how am I going to get hold of my broker? And that's easy. You get a hold of your broker. Every state has at least one, sometimes several brokers, and you can communicate directly with your broker. Or you can go into EXP World. I just did this the other day with somebody. You go to EXP World. You know, you're an avatar, you go to the upper left-hand part of the screen, you pull down broker conference rooms, you go to the broker conference rooms, somebody literally, an avatar, a real human greets you, and they say, what can I help you with? I'd like to meet with the agent or the broker that's in charge of, in this particular case, it was Beverly Hills, California. Please wait in conference room one. I walked into conference room one, and this lovely lady named Laura just popped in. I had this nice conversation, and the whole thing was like three minutes. Well, it's pretty awesome, and it actually, I think, is a lot more efficient I'm thinking of some of our agents that are in, like, Minnesota and Chicago, and there's three feet of snow on the ground. Wouldn't you just rather log into EXP World than get in your car and drive through all of that mess in the hopes that your broker will be there? You know, I I think it's, you know, we talk about avatars and things like that that might sound a little intimidating to some of you. But remember, what's Tim's birthday next week? He can figure it out, okay? (laughs) Nice. (laughs) He can figure it out, so can you. But I, I do, I think it's pretty cool. So are you saying, because I didn't remember it was my birthday next week, if I can figure it out, anyone can? Something like that. Oh, that's nice, Julie. (laughs) All right, so as a new agent, what kind of support will you get? And and this is, I love answering that question because it's stunning how how focused they are, really, in every agent of every level of experience. But new agents in particular, you get assigned a local, usually local mentor, um, and... um, that's it. I mean, for your first three transactions, you'll have a mentor assigned to you that, again, is an expert in your local market. They'll help you get started with all the meats and the, the nuts and the bolts. And the EXP University has daily, I see their schedule of their trainings that they do every single day. There's trainings on how to use SkySlope, which you get as part of your um, EXP monthly fee, how to use KV Core, which is a great lead generation platform, which, by the way, um, several of the people in Libertas who are using KV Core are telling me that they get between 40 and 60 leads per month from KV Core, and they're not spending any money. They're getting these leads for free. And so um, once you get inside EXP and you're part of our Libertas group, make sure you go and take, I think it's called Making It Rain. It's a KV Core class. And they'll basically teach you all the buttons to push to make it so you start getting leads. So if your broker situation now is providing you with leads, EXP's got you. Just make sure when you get into EXP, you take that class. I don't know anything more than what I've already told you. Um, but definitely explore that with the KV Core guys. And uh, I've been very impressed. Uh, several of the KV Core executives and founders, Julie and I have been friends with for, you know, one of them would, used to actually work for us. And they're just really quality, wonderful people. And we'll spend as much time with you on the phone as you possibly need, or more importantly, in, in EXP world, showing how to, you, you, how to use things. So as far as a new agent, you're not going to ever feel neglected or like you're not getting as much personal attention as you want from your local mentor to the daily training to just really constant, um, you know, you go into EXP world, it's difficult to explain this unless you've ever seen it before, but really when you go into EXP world, there's so many different things going on, meetings going on, people that are gathering here and gathering there, all virtually from all over United States, Canada, England, Australia, and soon globally, where you could start sharing ideas, but those of you who are a little bit more, you know, mindful about opportunities it's also a great way to get referrals so for example if you know for you live in texas and right now there's a big surge of people that are moving from california to texas i would hop over to the um, texas uh, groups in and facebook for example or on the xp world and i'd make sure everyone knows who you are and knows that you can work in these particular areas of orange county or wherever and you'll start getting referrals that way that's a really huge opportunity of untapped potential that um, and there's nobody in between. It's not like EXP is trying to weasel a referral fee, uh, get in between you and the referring agent. Not like, you know, it's kind of gross what's happening in our industry with referral fees. They've been agents are just so sure. paying 30, 40, 50 percent. It's crazy. Um, but you can work directly with the referring agent inside EXP, and, and there's no middleman. All right, how do teams work? A lot of you guys are in in teams, part of teams. Just long story short, watch that video, text the word EXP to 31996. But of course, EXP has got a state-of-the-art system for teams, onboarding teams and brokerages. Libertas, our revenue share group, um, we have been involved in, I'm not sure if it's the most, but certainly an unbelievable and outsized number of brokerage, small, medium, and large brokerage conversions. The person we work with 
to do those brokerage conversions has been involved in the most for sure in the entire company. So if you're a broker and you're wanting to move over to eXp, we've definitely got you covered in that regards. The first thing to do is let's have a, conf- a confidential conversation. And your, your brokerage could just be a mom and a pop or it could be an, agent, an office with a thousand agents or multiple offices. Let's see if the numbers work for you. First things to do for somebody like that is just to text me directly at 512-758-0206. All right. Um, I'm going to talk about this. Mm-hmm. iBuyer program. EXP has got a really amazing iBuyer program. A lot of you are living in fear of, you know, the Zillows and all these other companies that are, you know, buying inventory in essence, offering sellers an option other than the traditional sales route. And without us talking endlessly about, you know, the business model on a whole, because it's kind of dubious, the amount of money Zillow loses per house is just ridiculous. But let's just set all that aside. EXP has its own iBuyer program, but it's designed around the agent. And here's how it works. Again, I'm not an expert at this, but I have people inside our revenue share group that are doing just as what I'm about to describe to you. Yes, you have to take some classes on this. Yes, you have to be certified. But once you are, you can start submitting houses to the iBuyer portal inside EXP. The houses that you submit don't have to be listed by you or EXP. They could be listed by a competing broker. So if you find a house that you think is a great house for a flipper and you're not wanting it, don't have a local investor that wants to purchase it, you can load that house up through the iBuyer portal at EXP. And if one of the investors that's the back end of the iBuyer program decides to purchase the house, you get paid your commission. You get paid a buyer's agent commission. But that's not all. When they're done, you know, putting the house back on the market, ready to put it back on the market, you get the listing. So you can load a house up to the iBuyer uh, portal and have it not be your listing and actually have uh, and get paid a commission on that. It doesn't have to be with your broker or anything. It just be a house you found for sale. And we know people that are doing just that. They took the classes. You have a coaching client that does that, mm-hmm. don't you? Just talk mm-hmm. about that. I, I think a couple of them have done that, understanding that model. And I, I think a couple of them are getting paid next month. I think that's seriously... Uh, crafty and interesting and better than what Zillow does and better than OfferPad. It's, I mean, it's another example of how agent-centric they are. They're, yeah. they're taking care of the agent first. So I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, Just definitely. another opportunity. I mean, you could have stopped at revenue share, lower cap, and stock. And for most people, honestly, you could, like, what's the saying? You had me at hello, right? Yeah, exactly. You could have stopped there, but there's so much more cool stuff. Um, you know, you talked about some things for the newer agents. What if I'm a really established luxury high-end type agent? Is EXP friendly towards that type of model? I mean, I don't want to lose my brand that I've spent so much money on. That's actually exactly what I was going to talk about next. Thanks for the question. So they do have a luxury brand inside EXP, you know, fancy logos and fancy stationery and fancy all that. But that in itself isn't that novel. Here's the thing that I really love about EXP. Some of you have really spent a lot of time, energy, and let's be honest, money creating a brand inside your community. Um, that's certainly the goal of anybody once they become successful. Now, just my coaching hat's going to be on for an ultra second, short second. Don't try to make yourself famous. Try to make the results you get for other people famous. So in other words, if you have, if you think you can brand yourself to success, you can't. You have to actually earn that. And then once your brand in the local community, and brand is a newer, fancier kind of snottier way of saying reputation once your once your reputation for being able to help other people accomplish uh you know their goals is at a high level then you're going to have the brand that could never be bought agents who get into the business and think that they can brand their way to success and especially the agents that have come in the business in the last 12 years and thought they could you know instagram and you know like and social network that is a plane flying over yes we are outside (laughs) uh who thought they could basically shortcut the actual work part and convince the marketplace that they're number one just because of all their branding and their crafty this and that they always go out of business that never works it's a recipe for failure there are no shortcuts to long-term ever-increasing levels of success now with that said let's assume you're established uh, agent and your ability to accomplish you know success for other people consumers is at a high level and you have that you have established your name in your community exp does not want you to change that Matter of fact, depending on your state laws, remember I said that, EXP does not want you to really go crazy with EXP logos or anything like that unless you choose to. If you, like, if Julie and I sold real estate, we called ourselves um, the Tim and Julie Harris uh, family team. And, you know, Julie's parents worked for us. We had, you know, things like that. So it was a legit family family business. Julie and I had started it. They were retired teachers. 
And um, if we were still selling real estate, which we haven't forever, but if we were still selling real estate, we would have that be the exact same. And then underneath it, it would say brokered by eXp. So I have conversations frequently with, you know, third, fourth generation real estate broker owners, and they have a lot of obligation. That is truly what it is to this brand that they inherited from their father, that whose grandfather started, and that it goes back, you know, forever in some of these small communities that we deal with. And I love those conversations, by the way, because I think that's really cool. You know, third or fourth generation brokerage is still in business. That's kind of badass. I mean, if you think about those out west pictures of black That's and white cool. there was always a hardware store there was always a bar and there was always a real estate broker you know mm-hmm. in the sheriff's office <laughs> you know so anyway um yeah so we, they don't want you to shed your brand they don't want you to lose your identity inside exp again it goes back to the genius of what glenn did he wants you to keep your brand he wants you to keep your identity he doesn't want you to feel like you have to sacrifice anything but really you don't have to feel like you're betraying your uh, you know your family. You don't have to feel like you're betraying the father that left you the brokerage and going on going back many generations. You don't. You're not going to. So you would remain, you know, Bob and Susie Smith, a real estate team or whatever, brokered by EXP. EXP does not want to dominate you. EXP does not want to come in and say you can't use those colors anymore. EXP doesn't even have any particular rules with regards to colors. You can use whatever you want to. Color seems like a silly thing for most of you. But look, if you've got a bunch of real estate signs that you've made and they're really well done and the logo is well identified and all that, you don't have to go and ditch them and just have it say EXP. You just put a little sticker again, depending on your state laws, at the bottom of the sign that says brokered by EXP, right? So if you have an established location, that's another conversation we'll have to have with you on an individual basis. But some of you have real estate offices in these, you know, small and medium-sized towns, and they're at, you know, Main Street and Main Street. They're in ideal locations, and that's been the same place where it's been for generations, and you don't want to give up that location. Well, let's have that conversation. Let's talk about that. Just text me directly at 512-758-0206, and we'll, we'll work through the decision-making tree together on the finances of the whole thing. But again, you're, you know, EXP is leading with being agent-centric and has respect for all of that hard work they put in, and that is different than a lot of other brokerages. Um, so what do you want to do next? That one. Does EXP have live training events? Yes, all over the place, constantly. I mean, really, it's constantly. That's the answer. Between the revenue share groups and EXP corporate, there are constant. Every month, there's in everywhere, just all over the place. I bet you there are between the, you know, I bet you there's at least six mm-hmm. live training events every yeah, single month, time. if not more. They're probably You can do more. as much or as little as you want to do. There's right. so much opportunity. And that's just an opportunity for you to go to, go to uh, get to know. Like, if you guys are interested in going and meeting um, the... Uh, like Julie and I were, you want to actually go to an EXP event and experience it yourself, just get in contact with us and we'll tell you which ones that we would suggest you go to. Again, 512-758-0206. We talked about providing you with leads, yes, through KV Core. So if you're worried about not being able to lead generate um, and you don't want to proactively lead generate, uh, there you go. Okay, what's the question you just pointed out? Um, Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Here's another question. Go ahead, Julie. Okay, well, we hear this a lot. You know, all I hear from various sources, it seems like EXP is all about recruiting agents. I don't want to spend my days recruiting. i got to sell houses for a living. I, I just don't see myself as recruiting every day. And here's what I say to that. Don't recruit then. Yeah. Honestly. If, if you, you don't, don't have to. There's you, no rule saying, I mean, yeah, you've got to put your license somewhere. If you don't want to recruit, you don't have to recruit. If you just want to sell real estate and be part of EXP, you can just sell real estate and be part of EXP. No one's going to criticize you for that. But here's what happens, because I hear that quite frequently, actually, is you'll get in DXP and you'll realize because you're going to, st- I'll, I'll tell a story, okay? Yeah. I'm not going to use his name. So I talk with top producing agents all over the country every single day. And as you guys maybe know, Julie and I have been in the coaching and training business since 1998. That's when we take, took on our first coaching client. And uh, so we have then, over the years, been aligned with a lot of these these, a lot of these agents that we coach have become some of the top producing agents in the country in their states and their various whatevers. And so we've had the opportunity to do a lot of speaking. We've had the opportunity to do a lot of, you know, um, getting in front of a lot of these agents. And what they all, a lot of these guys will see and understand the revenue thing, revenue share opportunity, but they just can't wrap their minds around being recruiters. To which we tell them, what will just focus on getting your real estate company and your real estate team moved over to EXP. And then we're going to show you how to actually revenue share. 
And so one of the things, I'm sorry, we're going to show you how to actually sponsor agents or attract agents. One of the reasons that some of the biggest um, names in real estate are attracted to Libertas in particular is because of the fact that we do offer very drilled down training on how to actually have the sponsorship conversations. And I'll break it down for you. The sponsorship conversation is actually fairly simple. In essence, we're having it now with you. Okay, That's what we're doing. It doesn't normally take this long, um, but it's a process just like everything else. You provide uh, EXP curious people with uh, information. They, you know, like answer the their questions, answer their questions. And then you have now when you're getting started with EXP and you're part of Libertas, we actually have people that are part of Libertas that will your sponsor will get on the call with you with the person who's interested in joining EXP. And you can just as you're learning the process, listen to what they're saying and then um as many times as you need for us to help you sponsor agents, we'll do it. Because here's what you're going to discover. You're not going to actually, when you move over to EXP, you're going to have a number of people. And if you're just a, you know, say 5 to 25 uh, a unit per year agent, you're probably going to have 10 or 15 or 20 agents that are going to be interested in having an EXP. You know, they're EXP curious. They want to have that conversation with you. But you don't know what to say or how to say it. Inside Libertas, we teach all of you what to say and how to say it. But when you're new and you're just getting your footing... What we do is then do it for you. So you can then be on the call listening to us as we talk with this prospective EXP agent. And then when that agent decides to join EXP, they join under your particular revenue share team. You heard me right. We do the heavy lifting for you as many times as you need it done. But having done this with uh, at a high level of intensity for the past 12 months for a lot of people, I can tell you pretty much I don't have to do it by more, maybe more than three or four times. And then people realize that pretty much EXP is such an amazing value opportunity for you know, the value proposition to agents is so much better in, in brokers and whatever those agents are experiencing now yeah. that it's very rare that they don't make the decision to move over. But so if you, d- if but some of you are still, I don't want to recruit agents. I just don't like it. Who cares? Don't do it. Well, yeah. And that's fine. And it, it's, you know, it makes me laugh coaching wise because it's, it's kind of like when people say, I don't want to call an expired or a for sale by owner. It's probably because they actually haven't done it. And their impression of what recruitment in is is different than what it actually is. It's so much easier. You're at answering questions. I'm not going to say it totally sells itself, but once you understand what it is, it's pretty easy to answer those questions. So what haven't we talked about? Well, and with Libertas, again, if you guys want to have this one-on-one conversation, just text me at 512-758-0206, and we'll talk to you about the other things that we're going to help oh. you do to get a deep dive into um, really learning how to... Um, Sponsor agents, recruit agents. But again, if you, if it's not for you, that's fine. fine too. It's fine. Yeah, no problem. Because, um, like, uh, true story, I have had numerous conversations with these top producing agents. Nine times out of ten, they think they know how much they're paying their broker per year, but they really don't. And when you get in the weeds to, with them and you show them the numbers, the biggest one I had so far, and you guys are going to think I'm making this up, but I'm not. I had a conversation with a lady about a week ago who had paid her broker, and this was last calendar year, $420,000. And she didn't even know it was that much. And when I asked her the question originally, she said she was she didn't have a cap, which is ridiculous, but she didn't have a cap. But she said, I'm on a this, you know, it was like an 85 or 86% split or whatever. But what she didn't realize was on top of that split, she was also paying a monthly, I don't even remember what they called it, but it, like a 6 or 8% royalty fee. Mm-hmm. And there's all these nickel and dime fees. And, when, and her sale price obviously was decent. She was selling a you know, large number of houses. And when I added it all up for her, she didn't, she was, it was emotional. Let's just leave it at that. Um, so by her joining EXP, <laughs> I'm just thinking back to the conversation. <laughs> by her joining EXP, she's going to cap, pay her cap and be 100%. Within probably 60, 90 days of the start of every year. So she's going to be 100%, which means she's going to be able to put an additional 400000 Major raise. Or if her production stays the same in her pocket per year. That's if her production stays the same. Right. Well, that's, that's amazing. Yep. I had another person um, whose name will remain uh, off this podcast. So, Chuck, you don't need to worry. I'm going to use <laughs> your name. We weren't going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> he paid his broker $353,000. Yeah. He sort of knew it. And Chuck was is one of the smartest, you know, hardest working drill down people I've ever coached before. But he was keeping himself blissfully ignorant as to how much he was overpaying his broker per year until we did the numbers and we looked at the results. And here's what happened. As soon as he realized what he was overpaying, he still didn't flip the switch DXP that quick. He still needed to think about it. But once he moved past his ego and his resistance to change, which is what it was, which is what a lot of you are experiencing too. And again, we did as well. So we're right there with you. Um, is 
he then obviously gave himself an enormous increase in pay every year because of the amount of money he was uh, going to not pay his broker. But he's actually selling more houses. And the challenge I gave him, he listed 41 houses in 30 days, which he broke all that's records. Amazing. Because now that he's... <laughs> Julie, look at this little dog that's walking our way. <laughs> <laughs> now that he's um, earning and keeping more of his own income, he's like 10 times more motivated. Which is amazing. And by the way, he's one of the people that doesn't want to spend a lot of time sponsoring agents. So when he comes across somebody that's EXP curious, we get on a call, he, me, and the agent, and we have the conversation. And when they join, they join under Chuck. Again, this is something that's unique to our revenue share group, as far as I know, that we're actually getting in the weeds with you and not just expecting you to somehow miraculously know how to do everything. We're going to walk the walk with you until you get the mo- until you see it happening. And I'll tell you where that switch gets flipped is once you start seeing the revenue share, which usually gets transferred to your uh, account on the 20th, 21st, somewhere in there. As soon as you start seeing that money hit your account and you realize that it was passive income, then all of a sudden you find, you know, revenue share. (laughs) You find the real you discover the religion. And now you're taking a harder look at the revenue share. But look, it doesn't matter if you're not that motivated to sponsor agents when you join EXP. That's fine. Chances are you'll come around to it. So don't get all stuck in the weeds thinking yeah. that, oh, it's some kind of MLM and I only, I'm only i tired of people. Just get all that crap out of your head. Just realize EXP as a brokerage is state-of-the-art, absolute phenomenal opportunity for everyone. And if you want to put the revenue share thing on the back burner for now, do it. Just don't completely forget about it. All right, next question. Well, here's an easy one. What about health insurance? I hear I can get health insurance at EXP. Yes, Steal you can. That. There you go. Yes, you can get health insurance through EXP. Easy, right? <laughs> yep. All right. All Let's right. See here. You know what, Julie? I think how long have we been talking? Let me look. You can answer the next question, no? Uh, let's see. Well, here's here's the question. We'll work together on this. You and because I've I've overheard some of these. I've had these conversations. What I've got an emotional connection, or you know, a lot of loyalty to my existing broker. So can you help me? You know, I know that EXP is a better financial model for me, but emotionally, maybe I'm somebody that struggles with, you know, maybe I've been with my broker for like 15 years. Maybe we've been friends forever. We might even be partners. What about people like that? So that is a, that is probably the only time when I hear that from somebody, that's the usually when you drill down and get past, when, when you get past all their concerns and their objections, that's the one that usually lingers if they feel that way at all, which most people don't. But when someone does feel that way, it's an emotion that's not attached to any sort of financial reasoning. And that's normal for most people. They don't think financially. They think through emotions. Okay. So when I hear people say that, what I realize is that um, they probably don't realize, A, how much they're paying their broker. Okay. When I point that out, and if they still won't realize that maybe they need to be taking care of their family and themselves and thinking like business people, that still doesn't resonate with them. Here's where, here's the point I make to them. And this I've experienced myself sponsoring agents just dozens of times. Chances are the broker wants to go to EXP or would if they knew more, had more information. Chuck was a great example. So Chuck joined EXP. Um, then Chuck was an absolute gentleman and how he handled himself, didn't burn any bridges. And then sure enough, his broker followed him to EXP. So Chuck ended up sponsoring a lot of the agents that were in his old brokerage at, at EXP. And that's what I've seen continuously happen. And that's one of the things, by the way, we work with you as part of Libertas. When you have that emotional attachment, we're going to show you, help you, script you, work with you, work with them, do everything possible to make that transition smoothly. And when you do it the way we ask you to do it, it, you'll find that most times it's going to leave the door open for them then to follow you over to EXP. Because most brokers, guys, here's the bitter truth, are making no money. They're not even not making money. They're basically living in absolute... Con- and brokers, you know what I'm talking about, right? The old joke that being a broker just makes you broker. It's always been true, but it's even more true now. Commission splits have gone, um, you know, our favorite agents more than ever. But commission amounts have decreased. The cost of technology has increased. The errors and missions insurance has increased. The competition from all these, you know, different... All of has made it so that mm-hmm. brokers are making no money. So an interesting statistic for you guys. The average real estate broker makes less than 3% per year. That's it. 3% before taxes, and that's what they're getting paid. So if you think brokers are getting rich, they're You're not. You're talking 3% net profit. He's not talking about 3% commission. Right, right. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah, they're making like 2% net profit. That's, so that's running it really tight. That's one recession away from going bust, right? Yeah. I mean, you know what I was thinking, Tim, is... I, and that's what happens. Well, and we saw that, you know, but as as we were talking about the loyalty issue and, and that those kinds of friendships and things, I really think that being the leader and making that switch... 
you might be the icebreaker for helping that broker find their profit. And if you want to show your loyalty, there's no better way than that is to, you know, kind of help them out with that. They probably haven't even had time to think about it. And here's the bitter truth, too, about brokerages. So if a broker is earning a million, the, you know, the company brings in a million dollars after expenses and paying agents and all the rest of it, they might be making 20 grand. That's the reason that most brokerages or brokers are still selling real estate. They don't want they to still to. be selling real estate. They thought being a broker would give them leverage that would create financial freedom for them. And it hasn't, and it won't, and it never does, and it especially is not going to going forward because of the nature of how traditional brokerages are run. The fixed costs are just too high. That's the reason, for example, I mean, EXP likes to use the example that they're like um, Netflix, whereas traditional brokerages are like Blockbuster, and it is really true. But I think even the better example might be if you compare Amazon to shopping malls. I mean, shopping malls are going out of business left and right because it turns out people want the convenience and cost savings of being in in frankly, the choice of being able to buy online. Well, obviously, consumers are moving to that uh, mental paradigm with doing everything from buying anything, houses, anything. But combine that with the fact that now the brokerages, the traditional brokerages are caught in these really horrible situations where they have fixed costs and have these expectations of having to keep the lights on. And guys, what's going to happen in the next financial downturn or whatever, however it affects real estate? It's it's going to hurt real estate. All these agents that are in brokerage that are making marginal profit. If you haven't been able to make money and save enough money and create enough passive income during this last 10 or 12 years, during what will probably be the last massive, huge run-up in real estate prices of our lifetimes, guys, for real. So if you haven't been able to basically set yourself up financially in this type of market, what makes you think you're going to be able to do it when the market changes? You're not. You're just going to suffer needlessly. Someone asked me once, to really drill down on why I thought EXP was going to be the model to go to when the market changed, I just told you. Because when the market changes, EXP has got um, fluidity in their, in, in their, expense, in their expenses because they're virtual. They, for example, your broker has, or you as the broker, how many office rents do you have? How many receptionists do you have? Electric bills. All that stuff, which is seemingly by itself not a lot of money. You know, When you add all that stuff up, that's where all your profit goes. Now, what happens if the agent stops selling real estate? You're screwed. You know, you're you're basically going to start having to. Well, it doesn't even take a big recession or some massive event to wreck an only two or three percent net profit at the end of the year. Right. You just have to have kind of a crappy month, maybe two months in a row, and then you're done. Well, look here. Here's how emotionally, uh, uh, really fragile, people are. <laughs> okay. So there's this talk of what's the virus called? Oh, coronavirus. Okay, coronavirus. Hold on, Corona. Isn't that the name of a beer? I know. Who named it? I, I don't know I how it got named. It. <laughs> I have to look that up. I oh. think it's kind of a dumb name, too. Anyway. But that's so, what it is. Okay, so what's happened is basically is the fear of, uh, let's just assume that most of it's hype, because a lot of it's hype, because most people don't die from it, but let's just look at it for what it is. How are people reacting? There, There's this global fear that uh, people are going to stop buying stuff, all right? Now, here's what you'll discover. Three to four months from now, you're going to see that the number of pendings because of all the hype about the virus scared buyers it made mm-hmm. people not uh, take action it caused different things to happen as unintended consequences of people's fragile emotional states it adversely affected their willingness to sign purchase contracts that's going to happen with car sales it's going to happen with everything and that's the reason the stock market is going through a corrective cycle because they know that consumers basically can flip a switch instantaneously as soon as the wind changes direction and they can all of a sudden stop buying and stop spending and stop feeling confidence it's all based on emotions so when we say it does not take a huge recession or some horribleness like happened back in 07 to really knock you on your heels it doesn't it could just be an overhyped virus that starts in China right. that causes the market to slow down. Okay, that's what—that's the reason that so many of these brokerages and you guys listening, you need to take seriously the opportunity to explore this because this gives you a graceful exit out of an obsolete business plan. Now, look, you didn't fail your brokerage or your team. The model itself that you were following worked maybe 20, 30 years ago. It just doesn't now because everything else changed. So your move over to EXP is not you failing. It's you actually succeeding at a higher level. You've got to emotionally realize that when, you know, the, the old story goes that when the, I don't remember that Reed Hastings, who's the guy who's in, uh, the CEO of um, Netflix, I think that name is right. But when Netflix came out, there was a conference or some, you know, essentially some famous moment where the guy who was the CEO of Blockbuster was asked the effect on 
Netflix or whether they're you know on his company or whether they're even paying attention. He gave some terse answer like, oh, they're just, you know, nothing, nothing. And within like, well, I forget what short period of time. It was like two or three years. There were no more blockbusters. They all went out of business because people obviously gravitated towards something that made more sense to them. Same thing is happening with shopping malls right now because of Amazon, some other, you know, external reasons that are changing the way people interface with retail same things happening in real estate you guys know all that so you part of what's next are you going to try to keep your fingernails clenched to something that was that doesn't work for you anymore as you slowly go broker from being a broker or from you know running an inefficient team the bottom line here guys is is if you want to finally finally be financially free you need to give this a serious look there just is no there are no two ways about it don't be dopes like julie and i and wait as long as we did get involved right away if you want to do it, if you're EXP curious and you just want to gather more information, just text the word EXP to 31996. Text the word EXP to 31996. If you're ready to have a drill-down conversation that will most likely result in you moving forward with EXP and you'd like to discuss being part of our group, please do consider giving me a call, or rather give me a text because I'm almost always on the phone, and text me at 512-758-0206. We only got through probably half of the most common questions. I think those are the ones that we those hear the most, one. though. Yeah, I mean, I so. at the end of the day, it's just good common business sense to make that decision for yourself and for your family. And, you know, the sooner you can make it, the more you're going to look back and say, thank you, insert your name, for making that decision so I can move forward and, and not be confused about this. So whether you're a grizzled veteran or you're a newbie or anywhere in between, you have to investigate and take this seriously. It's a business decision at the end of the day. Some of the biggest skeptics that, you know, a year or two ago were creating all these salacious YouTube videos and whatnot, they're all joining EXP. Know, it's pretty isn't hilarious. <laughs> isn't it funny? It is. And all these executives. Well, that, that was their process, I guess. Yeah, that was <laughs> their process. You know, is that a nice way of saying yeah, it? That's they had yeah. to get that out of their system. But isn't that true, though? When a new it idea is. comes around, the first thing that people try it's to do is just to be rip critical. it down and be critical and say it'll never sure. work. And then eventually, they, you know, the early adapters will you know, join in on the rest of it, and they do it first, and they get usually the most arrows, but also the most benefit. That's true. You know, so wherever, like EXP might not be real dominant in your marketplace. That might that's something else I hear occasionally is no EXP agents. Here's my answer. You're lucky because where there's a lot yeah. of EXP agents, there's going to be a lot of people wanting to have sponsoring conversations with those EX, or with those non-EXP agents. So if you're in a marketplace where there's not a lot of EXP agents, you are absolutely in a blessed opportunity. Take the most opportunity or take the most um, of that as you can as fast as you can because as the word gets out, pretty much everybody's EXP curious as we call it now. But as and the are word, they going to go to you or are they going to go to their 20 or 30 choices if you wait too long? That's and right. we have seen that happen. Definitely. Especially now that, you know, there's so much momentum well, behind it. I, ha- I got an email yesterday from Jim. I just mm-hmm. don't say his last name. Mm-hmm. And I talked with Jim. Jim is someone Julie and I have known for 15 years? At least. Forever. Yeah. He's a very successful real estate investor. Really smart. Really great guy. Um, real estate coach. Just one of these people we like to associate with. Well, Julie and I talked to him about EXP a year ago. He respe- respectfully declined. You know, no problem. We left the door open for future conversations. I get a text yesterday. He asked me the funniest question. He said, Tim, are you still looking to sponsor people as part of your group at ESP? <laughs> uh, yes, <laughs> is the answer. And so we're having a conversation tomorrow morning, and I can tell from the text back and forth that he's ready to join. And if you're in that state, if you're an individual agent, if you're a new agent, a seasoned agent, if you're a small broker, a big broker, let's have the conversation. The... Um, you know, if you're EXP curious, just text the word EXP to 31996 and we'll text you back some information and some videos you can watch. If you want to take the conversation to the next level, feel free to um, just text me directly at 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. And generally speaking, I'll get back to you the same day, if not right away. Um, and yeah, guys, anything we can do to be of service to you, it is truly what our mission is. And I think we covered a lot of covered a lot so. of ground. Yeah. yeah, I see some kids coming off the beach. They're going to start making it noisy. Yeah, so we crash better. our call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So this is uh, Tim and Julie signing off from um, Beachfront and uh, Dorado Beach, Puerto Rico, where we live now. Um, yeah. So there it is. You guys have a fantastic day. If you need us for anything, you know how to get hold of us. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.